You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 64 of Girl Speak, our news roundup for July 2016. I'm Tiffany Rhodes, program developer for Girl Museum. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, or streaming us today. Girl Speak is produced by Girl Museum, the first and only museum in the world dedicated to celebrating girlhood. Girl Museum explores the art, history, and culture of girls around the world in the past and present. All of our programs are volunteer-run and supported by listeners like you. Visit us on the web at www.girlmuseum.org. First up this month, news from Girl Museum headquarters. We've launched our latest exhibit, Kinder Transport. In the 1930s, when Hitler's Germany was coming to power, tens of thousands of Jewish children left their homes to travel to England and beyond. Leaving behind their families, potentially forever, these boys and girls embarked on journeys that would profoundly shape who they were. It is estimated that over 10,000 children alone were saved because of the Kinder Transport program. In our newest exhibition, we look at Kinder Transport and the girls who were part of that program, recounting their journeys from the moment they left home to their lives after the war. Using photographs, objects, oral history, and personal interviews, their stories come to life as we explore how a refugee program can profoundly change the course of history. Visit our website at www.girlmuseum.org, click on View, then Exhibitions, to journey with the girls of Kinder Transport. One reason I love our newest exhibition is that it shines a light on a topic that is impacting girls around the world today, war. Thousands, if not millions, of girls are currently refugees from war. This includes the girls impacted by terrorism, such as that inflicted by the extremist group Boko Haram in Nigeria. Earlier this month, one of the schoolgirls who was kidnapped by Boko Haram from a Chabak school in 2014 told her story to the BBC. The girl was taken with the other Chibok girls into the Sambiza forest, where some were married off. Though initially spared, the girl was forced to move around often to avoid detection by rescuers and the Nigerian military, and eventually was split into a small group of six girls, all from different regions and speaking different languages. The girls were kept in a small building, which was only accessible by ladder, for six months, before she was forced to marry a Boko Haram militant. Her new husband had also been abducted by Boko Haram, and was forced into becoming a fighter. They survived on maize and leaves from trees, as well as food brought in from occasional raids. Eventually, the couple had a baby, and afterwards the girl and her husband left Boko Haram for the village of Bali. After hiding in bushes near the village, the couple was eventually found by vigilantes, and the girl was reunited with her parents and siblings. She is now believed to be undergoing rehabilitation and debriefing with intelligence agencies. Now we turn to news from around the world, which is fairly brief this time. This month, Pakistan was rocked by the murder of 25-year-old social media star and modern-day feminist Kandil Balak. A popular model, Kandil was found murdered at her home, after her brother had drugged and strangled her because, I quote, girls are born to stay at home. Candile rose to fame for her sassy and political videos, often posted to Facebook. 
Her brother claimed that seeing his friend share her pictures and videos was too much for him, and killing his sister was a better alternative than killing himself. In response, Pakistan's Prime Minister has vowed to end the practice of honor killings. In better news for girls, First Lady Michelle Obama of the United States recently visited Morocco to promote the Let Girls Learn initiative. Launched in March of last year, the initiative aims to help adolescent girls worldwide attain a quality education. The visit was a first for the Let Girls Learn initiative in North Africa and comes on the heels of the second U.S.-Morocco MCC Compact, which prioritizes delivering quality secondary education focused on the employability skills needed for the modern workforce, and makes a concentrated effort to ensure equitable outcomes for both boys and girls. During the visit, the First Lady also announced that in the coming months, Morocco will become the Peace Corps' 36th Let Girls Learn country, wherein the Peace Corps will train incoming volunteers and community leaders to advance girls' education and empowerment, and will work with local leaders to focus on girls' development through a renewed focus on building critical skills for leadership and employment. Another initiative launched this month is the Sean Foundation for Girls. Created by veteran journalist Sean Robinson, the Foundation is a grant-making organization to support grassroots nonprofits that focus on one of five key areas of girls' issues, including STEM, health, arts, unity, and neighborhoods. The Foundation's multifaceted mission will focus on awarding grants to organizations that get girls involved in STEM education, help girls lead healthier lifestyles, physically and mentally, promote positive images of young women in the arts, unify girls in the U.S. with girls across the globe, and improve the lives of girls and young women in underserved neighborhoods. As Robinson stated at the launch, I want to cast the net wide to empower girls in ways that will truly level the playing field and help them thrive. Investing in girls today creates leaders of the future. In Tanzania, the Mobilizing Action to Safeguard the Rights of Girls in Tanzania was also launched. The new three-year project is designed to curb multiple forms of gender-based violence in three districts of the country. The campaigns include ending female genital mutilation, child marriage, and teen pregnancies by supplementing ongoing efforts made by the government. Also in Tanzania, the High Court has ruled in favor of protecting girls from the harms of early marriage, a landmark decision that struck down sections 13 and 17 of the Tanzania Law of Marriage Act as unconstitutional. Those section had previously allowed girls to marry as young as 14. The decision is a critical step forward to end child marriage in Tanzania, which has one of the highest rates of child marriage in the world. Child marriage severely curtails girls' access to education, because schools and families in Tanzania prevent married girls from attending class. School officials are even allowed to expel married girls, and most girls do not access education programs once they drop out. The court ruling follows a series of new legal measures, adopted by the Tanzanian government, that make it a crime to attempt to marry school-going children under the age of 18, as well as any person who impregnates a primary school or a secondary school girl. Steps forward for ending child marriage were also made in Gambia, where the president has announced a ban on child marriage, with heavy ch jail terms for those who are found breaking the law. Anyone who marries a girl under 18 years of age will face 20 years in jail, with the girl's parents spending 21 years in jail, and anyone who knows about the act and fails to report it to authorities facing 10 years in jail. Gambia officially banned female genital mutilation last December, 
imposing severe fines and three years to life in prison for those found breaking the law. The new legislation is part of a huge movement in the region to curb child marriage and forms of gender-based violence that affect girls, and such laws play a powerful role in transforming norms and protecting girls' rights. Another law passed this month occurred in Germany, where sexual violence laws previously required proof of a victim's resistance to rape in order to prosecute sexual violence perpetrators. Now, Germany has amended the law to state that simply saying no is enough evidence in a victim's testimony to prove rape. It took a series of high-profile sexual violence events to fuel the recent push for revised laws. A New Year's celebration in Cologne resulted in mass sexual violence that enraged the country. Then-model Gina Lise Lefink was unable to secure convictions for her rapists, even though she had video footage in which she said no and stop it. She was then actually fined $27,000 for falsely testifying for wrongly accusing the men. Protests followed both incidents, and eventually the slogan, hashtag no means no, became a rallying cry. Because of the uproar, the sexual violence law passed with an overwhelming majority, suggesting that the country is ready to change its reputation. And July continued to be a month of legal reforms. In the United States, the state of Virginia has amended an old law which allowed girls who were pregnant and under the age of 13 to marry with parental consent. The new law sets the minimum marriage age to 18, or 16 if a child is emancipated by court order, and takes parents and pregnancy out of any decision-making. The amendment is a step towards curbing forced marriage, human trafficking, and statutory rape disguised as marriage. Activists say the previous law created a fast track to child marriages for abusers who could evade investigation by child welfare officials simply by marrying their victims. Nearly 4,500 children under the age of 18 were married in Virginia from 2004 to 2013, according to data from the state's Department of Health. That includes more than 200 children aged 15 or younger. Finally, we end July's news with the story of one incredible girl. 14-year-old Lucy Gavahan of Sheffield in the United Kingdom recently started a Change.org petition to stop Tesco's from selling eggs from caged hens. Her petition has rallied over 88,000 people to support her cause. Although Tesco does sell free-range eggs, the company also stocks eggs from hens living in these cages. In 2012, the EU banned the keeping of hens in battery cages. However, the industry now just puts more hens in larger, quote-unquote, enriched cages. In these cages, hens often only have floor space, which amounts to little of the size of a piece of A4 paper. Lucy is the proud owner of five hens, two of which used to live in commercial barns, and one of which was rescued from a so-called enriched cage. Eventually, Lucy hopes to end caged and barn farming in all supermarkets in the UK. Tesco has yet to respond to her petition. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to tune in to our next podcast in mid-August, as we present our first look at the upcoming exhibition, Warrior Princess. Also, please help to support future production of Girl Speak by visiting our website at www.girlmuseum.org and clicking donate. Thank you and have a wonderful day. If you like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website.
Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website.